Welcome to C3 Church, Queens Beach. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoyed this message today. It's great to be at QB. I'm, I'm Tom. I think it's up there. I'm from C3 Hepburn Heights and thanks for having me here today. C3 QB. Come on. I love in this spring weather. I think this is the first time in a long time I've actually looked forward to spring. I normally am a winter person. I love winter. Anyone winter people? There's a, there's a few. There's, I, there's a good 10%, you know, <laughs> of people who are like, I want winter. But this time I was thinking, I actually need some spring. I need some sun. I need something. And I think preparing this message, thinking about spring and the sun finally coming through on time. Spring never comes on time, but here it is. Come on. It's funny how our lives tend to imitate and emulate the, the natural seasons and patterns of nature where sometimes our, our physical, our social, our emotional and our spiritual seasons tend to sync up and match with what's happening in the physical where we can recluse ourselves and isolate ourselves and, and, and feel a little bit grumbly through winter. But in spring, it's a time for fresh air. It's time for fresh air. And I believe that spring, spring is like January 2.0. You know, it's like the second chance at your year. <laughs> you know, the goals you made in January, come on, we're going to pick them up again. We're going to join the gym. Nah, but <laughs> it's a time of motivation. Spring's a time of inspiration. Spring is a time of reflection and introspective space that we can spend with God. And it's a time to breathe in fresh air. And I feel like that is the, the word that I had is that God wants to breathe fresh air into lungs today. That going into our, our spring and our summer and where we're stepping from right now, God wants to breathe fresh air where you've been breathing something stale, maybe old revelation. Maybe it's you've been living in a space that you need to let go of. But God wants to breathe fresh air today into your lungs. And that's that. that you know what that comes in, Pastor Eden? That was amazing. It's about having a vulnerable space with God. Because if you want him to breathe fresh air into your lungs, he's got to come close. He can't breathe from here and breathe on your face. It'll feel cool, but it won't get inside you. It won't transform in you. It won't grow roots into your heart. But we need God so close to let the Holy Spirit move in, our, in, that, in that space of our heart where he could breathe into us and let a transformative power come alive in us that cleans our attitudes that cleans out the junk that's built up for too long through a long winter. And just as we spring clean our house, we need to let God in to spring clean our heart. You know, we need, we need to enter a reflection space with God where He can actually come and examine our hearts and see our anxious thoughts and see the things that we've actually been doing that are offending Him, come in the gentleness that He comes in with His Holy Spirit, where He can actually convict us in Psalm 139. It says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. And right now, I just want to pray before we get into it. Lord, we thank you that there is an exchange with you tonight where you could come, uh, tonight, today, or tonight, whenever you want to, God, it's up to you. But Lord, this morning, we ask that there would be an exchange of things, attitudes, junk, stuff that has been stored up in our heart, old, stale revelation. Lord, we want new. God, we want your fresh air today. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come into that space, examine our hearts with the tenderness of your love. Lord, convict us. God, That we thank you that you know our heart. And so, Lord, we surrender it to you right now, that you would have your way today, that your word could come with power today as we open it to you. We thank you that you would search us 
and help bring things to light in us. Help bring fresh revelation in us. Help bring your transformative power in us today where you could breathe that fresh air into our lungs and lead us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Well, I'm here with uh, my wife and her family, <laughs> and my family, you know, it's beautiful, beautiful family. We got uh, Rob and Grace. Come on, they love me shouting them out. <laughs> They're like, can you save us seats on like the third row back? <laughs> love it. And um, we're here from Hepburn Heights. It's a great privilege to be here and to speak here this morning. And I don't want to go any further without honoring Pastor Steve and Pastor Nicole for the amazing pastors. Can we give it up? <laughs> amazing pastors they've just come from uh nicole was just at national conference and had a fresh download um which is amazing and just yeah just i can't encourage you enough just to love on them and encourage them send the messages through the week pray for them and believe for them while they lead this church and <laughs> they take territory this place didn't exist before pastor nicole and steve came to, to do what God put on their heart to do. And so that deserves honor. That deserves your praise. That deserves you to, to love on them. And they're going to be even better grandparents. Come on, hey? That's great. And this message you've seen on the screen, it's called spring cleaning. Spring cleaning. And actually, I'm just going to go straight into a, a big chunk of scripture. It's Galatians 5, 13 to 26. It's, it's uh, life by the Spirit. It says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want but if you are led by the spirit you are not under the law the acts of the flesh are obvious here we go sexual immorality impurity and debauchery idolatry and witchcraft hatred discord jealousy fits of rage selfish ambition dissensions factions and envy drunkenness orgies and all the like i warn you as i did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of god but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. Thank you, God, for giving me the one passage of Scripture. It talks about witchcraft, <laughs> orgies, all the, ever, all the bad stuff. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. But Michaela and I right now, we're actually, we're talking about spring cleaning. We're actually moving house very, very shortly from Morley to Morley. <laughs> 900 meters. We just love Morley. <laughs> Go to a church in Padbury. <laughs> Preach a QB. <laughs> Why live in Morley? Anyway, that's what we're doing. So we live there in a three by one. That's three bedrooms, one bathroom. And we have a beautiful dog, Honey. Honey Hawks. Is there a picture of Honey? Oh, she came to church yesterday. She's, she's a bit of a therapy dog. She's going well. Uh, it looks so pretty. Look at that. Anyway, um, I thought I would please my wife by putting the dog in because she loves it. Anyway, so <laughs> we're currently cleaning out. We're throwing out. We're, we're doing a lot. Michaela is a savage at throwing things away in terms of like she puts Marie Kondo to like shame. She, like when Marie Kondo's like, oh, do you have a like, she's like, it's gone. It's done. You know? Yeah. There's joy. No plants only. Like she's, 
she's full of it. I went to the bin one time, a whole computer monitor was in the bin, and I was like, all right, guess I don't need that. But I'm the opposite, I'm a hoarder, I, I keep things all together. My family's like that, you know? You know, we, we went to the bank. She was like, Tom, we have to deal with this. There was two full jars that were like probably three or four kilos of just metal coins, just silver coins. $200 <laughs> of coins that I had just, probably over 10 years worth of coins. I'm just like, whatever. So she's, uh, she keeps me in check with that. But we're cleaning out, throwing out. And the worst room to go into if you're cleaning your house, if you do a spring clean, the worst room is the junk room. I like that people reacted straight away. I didn't even ask if people have a junk room. Who has a junk room? It might be called a study. <laughs> it might be called a study or it might be called a garage. It might, might, might be a, a laundry room or spare room. Spare bed- it has a mattress in it. It doesn't make it a spare bedroom. If you've put all your paid... Why are you keeping your paid bills? In- anyway, don't worry. There's a lot in there. We have a junk room. I've, there's so much stuff in there. But she's just cleared it all out. <laughs> Oh boy, usually it's, it's, uh, it's not called a junk room, but it's filled with miscellaneous things that we don't need, but we think we'll keep it just in case. Or we don't want to deal with it and we don't know what to do with it, so we just chuck it in there, close the door, and then just don't go in there for a while. <laughs> Come on. It's amazing how quickly that room can actually build up. It's crazy how quickly that room, you clean it, October, we're back to square one, I reckon. <laughs> It's filled, there's $200 of coins, no, but, oh, amen, God, come on. <laughs> but it's amazing how quickly that good space can feel so confining as the stuff starts to build up really quickly without you really noticing it can seep in and it starts to actually make that good space feel really confining that a three-bedroom house can easily feel like a one-bedroom house. And this scripture starts off addressing freedom, starts off addressing freedom. The preface for for this is that it's for freedom that Christ has set you free. It says, dear my brothers and sisters, you were called to be free. You were called to be free. And just as this build up in our spare rooms can actually happen in the physical, it it can manifest in your heart. It can be real for what you're dealing with. You could be building up some junk in your heart that that Holy Spirit wants you to actually confront and deal with today. In, in, In His grace, in His power, in His love. And He wants you to have freedom He doesn't want you to be living in a confining space, but sometimes we build up so much junk of the hurt of life and we can hold it so close and separate that from God. We can keep a fence in our heart. We can build up the junk of of attitudes in our heart. We can let frustration build up in our heart. Maybe there's a frustrating coworker, a frustrating person, and every time you see them, you get to a point and you're just like, I don't even, (laughs) you know? It's it's just pure frustration. That's that's an indicator that maybe there's some junk in your heart that maybe Holy Spirit needs to clean out, where there's bitterness, where there's sin. Maybe there's a habit of sin that you've just been putting to the side a little bit, but you stick it in your junk room, but that's building up, and we're actually confining ourselves to the junk, We're actually confining ourselves and holding ourselves captive to that junk room. When God has called you to freedom, we limit the infinite freedom that Jesus has purchased for us on the cross by the way that we choose not to actually air out the junk. And this is a time where God wants to breathe fresh air. He wants to do some redecorating. He wants to move some some things around. He wants to clear out some junk. He wants to, we need to invite the Holy Spirit into that space where he can shift and change some attitudes, where he can melt away some frustration. He can bring some forgiveness into your heart for someone else or for yourself. He can actually bring healing today. Is that good? Is that good? We've been watching 
the block a lot. We never watched the block before because I was like, it looks silly, but we're hooked. <laughs> we finally got, there's a WA couple who's not completely like nuts, so we're, we're like, whoa, wow, this is good for Perth. <laughs> it's going well, we really like it, but we, we, and we start to think now, you watch the block or a show like that and you start to think you're an expert. <laughs> we're like just going to freedom to look at stuff and then be like, oh, well, that should go with, it. no, we got no idea. But Holy Spirit is the best interior designer for the rooms of our heart. He knows what should go where. He knows what's in the wrong place. You know? He knows how to make a good space feel free. He knows how to bring that freedom into your life. It's beautiful. He wants freedom for you. And God's freedom is grounded in his love. God's freedom is grounded in his love. And I love that Pastor Jace was speaking about that last week in sizzle, talking about that his power is grounded in his love, but the love ultimately is the foundation that we need to have. And if we want greater freedom, we need to know that you are loved. You are loved. No matter what junk is in your heart, no matter what stuff is built up for too long, no matter how many coins you've got in jars, no matter how many like Star Wars memorabilia you've got that you don't need anymore. I don't know why I went to that. That's probably valuable. My bad. (laughs) You are loved. No matter what hurt has come your way, maybe you've been hurt by church, Maybe you've been hurt by your parents. Maybe you've been hurt by your, your spouse. Maybe there's some unforgiveness. No matter what you've got going on, no matter what, what offense is in your heart, no matter how right you think you are in that argument or that frustration, you know, sometimes we choose to justify our junk. We act like we're righteous in it. But the foundation of it all is that you are loved, and we've got to understand that freedom stems from a revelation of His love, and so we need greater freedom, and so we need to have greater revelation of His love for us, that we are loved. We need to have a revelation of how high, of how deep, of how wide, of how um, uh, amazing His love is, of how uh, unconditional His love is for you. And as you can invite the Holy Spirit into your world, because the Holy Spirit will bring about revelation as you choose to do life with Him and do that, that journey with Him, then that will actually give us space. That will actually give us space to reflect. That will give us space to breathe in, to deal with the junk, and it will bring a revelation of His love in our inner being, and that will release freedom. That will release freedom in our hurt, freedom in our pain, freedom in our offense, freedom in our bitterness. Amen. And it's, dis- it's a disconnectedness from God that actually allows things like frustration and sin and bitterness and hurt to build up. It's the junk. It's actually a disconnectedness from God that allows that to build up. Being disconnected from Him actually narrows and confines our vision. Narrows and confines our vision. And the Holy Spirit wants to bring freedom to liberate the way that we see and think so that we can be confronted with the junk rooms of our heart but have a freedom to deal with it with Him. He wants to empower you, strengthen you, give you everything that you need. The grace is sufficient for you to deal with that junk and it's Holy Spirit that wants to liberate you in that space. But sometimes, typically, when it comes to that space, when it comes to dealing with that junk, you don't want to deal with your own frustration because that makes you frustrated. You know, you don't want to deal with your own bitterness because it makes you bitter. And there's it, sometimes trying to come into the junk rooms, the studies of our hearts, you can feel con- just overwhelmed. Trying to deal with a past hurt, that can feel really tiring. That can f- make you feel more frustrated. It can make you feel overcome. But in Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30, in the message version, come on, Jesus says to us, he says, are you tired? Are you worn out? 
Are you burnt out on religion? Are you frustrated? Are you letting junk build up in that space where you want freedom to be? Are you actually not confronting the junk? Is there stuff building up that's making you feel bitter? Come to me. Come to me. He says, get connected with me. It's disconnectedness from Jesus, disconnectedness from God that's actually making you tired. But he says, come to me, get connected to me, get away with me and you'll recover. You'll take back your life. You'll take back the rooms of your heart where offense and sin and stuff has sat in for too long. Jesus says, come to me and take back that space. I'll show you how to take a real deep spiritual rest, a soul detox. He says, walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And I feel like, for me personally, there was probably a little bit earlier this year, I had some stuff building up in my heart that I didn't realize. I didn't realize it was, it was, it was coming up, but I noticed it was starting to come out in behavior. I noticed that I started to feel bitter. I noticed I would come out of meetings with people and I would feel like so righteous, but frustrated. Like, why is that person so dumb? You know, don't, don't look at me like that. You, we've, all, we've all done it. Not to my wife, though. <laughs> Ever. But I have, a, I have a great life. You know, I've, I've been married for a year to her. Good time. I've got great jobs. I work, at, I work at church two days a week. I work as a high school chaplain. Come on. Three days a week. I've, got, I've had awesome opportunities. I'm doing one right now. I'm going to speak to you guys. It's amazing. You know, but there was, something, there was something in me that was building up the frustration, building up the bitterness, and, and I didn't like where it was going. I didn't like where it was going. I didn't feel good a lot of the time. But then, I mean, I was around church as well. That's the other thing, guys. I was around church all the time, like Old, I still am, hasn't changed, but, uh, but you can be around church, you can be, I was praying to God, I was reading His Word, I was spending time with Him, but there was still a disconnectedness. There was a sense of disconnectedness where I actually wasn't surrendering a part of my heart to Him in that space. And you could be a Christian for 50 years, you could be a Christian for one year, there's still a daily mode of surrender. There's still a daily coming to the Holy Spirit saying, come and search my heart, O Lord, examine me, test my thoughts find any offensive way in me. It doesn't matter if you've been, it doesn't matter, you could be Pastor Nicole, I'm sure she surrenders her heart. She spends time with the Holy Spirit saying, come and correct and, and, and fix things in me. And junk can build up in life. It doesn't matter if you're Christian or not. The junk doesn't stop once you have Jesus. <laughs> but he gives you the grace to overcome it. He gives you the strength and the, and the empowering of the Holy Spirit to deal with that stuff in the right way with the faith and the strength in him. And I ended up, we, we had a, a one-year anniversary last year and we went away to a hotel and in the hotel there was like this level that oversaw Elizabeth Key. It was amazing. It had these giant windows and we were like, well, we're going to spend some time with God and we're going to do and do that. And it was beautiful. Um, and when I was there, I was reading God's, uh, God's Word, reading the Bible and I was just decided to take it to God. Like, God, I finally come to a point that I'm thinking, I feel bitter. I feel sour. I feel like a little lemon. What is it? God, why am I so frustrated? Why do I let this stuff get to me? Why is the junk building up? Why, why isn't it being dealt with? And he said to me that I had actually fallen out of step with him. 
I actually fallen out of step with him for a period of time where you can still have the Holy Spirit in your life and you can still experience the presence of God, but there is a keeping in step with his spirit that will empower you to clear that room, to live lightly, to live in freedom that Jesus says, watch me, watch how I do it. He says, and you will live lightly. If you keep in step with the Holy Spirit, that's when his freedom can be at its greatest in your world as we surrender every part of our heart to him. And in that moment, that impacted me so deeply. It was a revelation of his Holy Spirit that I was like, wow, I've actually fallen out of step with the Holy Spirit. And so I'm doing everything for him, but I'm not doing everything with him at the same time. And so I surrendered that space to him there, and it took time. But man, I, it felt like a total detox, like a soul detox. I've never done like a cleanse, like a juice cleanse. Anyone done a juice cleanse? Sounds terrible to me. I don't want to do that. But that, for me, was the most beautiful, liberating, freedom-bringing thing where I feel better than ever. I feel like he's decluttered my heart in such a way that only he can do, that now I can actually operate in the call that he has for me with the greatest power, with the greatest love, with the greatest grace. God wants you to live out your call to the best of your ability, and so we need to have every room open to him to do what only he can, because we're broken, imperfect beings, you know? He wants to use you, to fuel you, to overflow in power, in love, in grace, in freedom for other people, in your call, in what you do. And so we need to surrender that part to him. But basically, I'd fallen out of step with him. I'd fallen out of step with him. We've got Galatians 5, 25 to 26. It's the last part of the scripture. It says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. Since we live by the Spirit, since we actually live by God's breath, that word Spirit in that context, I've got my full concordance out from Bible College. Check it out, make sure which, which word. It's about God's breath. Since we live by God's breath, like He breathed into Adam, like He breathed into humanity, since we actually live by God, we need to actually also keep in step with God, keep in step with His Spirit. Since we live by His His Spirit, therefore in response to knowing that I'm actually alive because of God, there's also a walking and a keeping in step with His Spirit. And so, how do we keep in step? How do we keep in step with the Holy Spirit? Like, and I was thinking about how do we keep in step? What does in step mean? In step, in pace. Imagine yourself walking with Him as you would walk with a friend down the coast in step with Him, in pace with Him, in unity with Him, in rhythm with the Holy Spirit. There is a rhythm to the step. There's a rhythm to the pace. And you can match people's pace. You've seen ghosting. Remember Hamish and Andy did the ghosting on ages ago and they used to like get behind people and they wouldn't know? We need to keep in rhythm and in pace with the Holy Spirit. That was an ad lib, hey? Didn't put that in my notes. And it just brought me back to Matthew 11, 28. Jesus talking to us, come to me. Watch how I do it. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it and learn the unforced rhythms of my grace. And if we, we, if we need to, to learn how to keep in step with the Holy Spirit, we need to watch Jesus. We need to watch Him. He is the perfect pioneer of this faith. He is the perfect connection to who God is. We need to watch Jesus. God Himself, wrapped in flesh, as a man, came so that we could see him, so that we could live with him, and that we could learn from him in all of our brokenness and all our imperfections. And even Paul, in this letter in Galatians, is writing as someone who was completely transformed by a revelation of who Jesus is and then learnt from his account. 
We need to learn from Jesus. We need to get back to the gospel. We need to, to watch and learn who Jesus is, how he spoke to people, how he behaved. You know what? If you think your work is frustrating or something, Jesus had a, He got crucified. That's frustrating. But he did it. Like he had so people were saying, Are you really the Messiah? And he's like, I what if someone's like, Are you really Michaela? <laughs> like he had people all the time questioning him. He had people with problems just touching him all the time. Imagine trying to walk through a town, everyone's touching you. No way. I get bitter. <laughs> Ooh, blood problem. Ew. <laughs> we need to learn from how he dealt with confrontation, how he dealt with challenge. We need to learn with how he dealt with people's sin, with people's brokenness. And we need to actually learn from him and watch him about how we should do it, how we should keep in step with the Holy Spirit because that was what empowered him when he got baptized. The Holy Spirit came on him like a dove and empowered him for ministry. Everything he did, he operated out of the power of the Holy Spirit. Every challenge, every frustration, every moment, he isolated himself to get with God, to spend time with him, to be filled with him so that he could do what he had to do. And he says, watch how I do it and you will learn my ways. And watch how I do it and you will start to catch the pace of the step of the Holy Spirit. He says, watch how I do it and you will actually start to find freedom in the unforced rhythms of my grace, which is the undeserving favor of God for you in this season. And it's funny, rhythm, rhythm, that word, it's spelt weird, sounds weird. You wouldn't use it in many contexts, the word rhythm. But rhythm is about regular, repeated patterns regular repeated patterns and we started off talking about spring and what is a season a season is a regular repeated natural pattern of life where those seasons are emulated in our spiritual life and in, 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 in the way that we live God is saying also that there is a grace for you in this season as you keep in step with me that no matter what challenge what's junk is in your room that there is a grace that is sufficient for you in me as you keep in step as you watch me and learn from me and invite me into every part of your world Keep company with me, he says, and you will live free and you will live light. And we need to keep in step with the Holy Spirit and align ourselves with his way. Align ourselves with God, what do you want me to do? God, I'm frustrated, but that's not what you did. God, help me to deal with this. Invite him into your challenge. Invite him into that room of your junk. Invite him into that hurt. Invite him. We need to resolve these things so that we can be used by him through the greatest effectiveness so that we can live our best life. You know, so we can be filled with his love and we, so we need his lordship. We need to say, Holy Spirit, every day, God, you are Lord. Lead me, guide me, come with me in the car, come with me to work, come with me right now, come and, come and be with me in my marriage. When I get home from work and I've got to cook, Holy Spirit, please help me. Holy Spirit, the person of Holy Spirit is with you in whatever you do, wherever you go, and He wants to dwell and be with you in that space. So we've got to keep company with Him. We need to invite Him in. And so sometimes, obviously, there are some signs here. There are some things that will come out in your behavior, fruits of the flesh, if we're not in step with the Spirit. But those things, witchcraft isn't that common for us, <laughs> you know? Fits of rage. I don't imagine anyone's at work and gets frustrated and starts like having a fit of rage. But there are some signs, some indicators on the dashboard of our life that Paul points out to say, this is, this is a sign that you're actually not keeping in step with the Holy Spirit. And he says in verse 26, he says, let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. These are indicators that maybe we're actually not keeping in step with where the Holy Spirit is calling us to. And conceitedness, conceitedness, it's, it's pride. 
It's self-first. It's ego. It's about considering the faults of others well before your own. It's about justifying your own frustrations. It's bitterness, and that can lead to hurt. It sets you up for offense. It sets you up for bitterness. And provoking. Provoking is, is about giving rise to disunity. These are Googled, by the way. <laughs> giving rise to disunity, it's triggering people. It's speaking judgment, fear, or failure over people. And it's bitterness. It sets you up for negativity. It sets you up to be a pessimistic person. You don't want to be the person in the workplace that no one actually wants to talk to because everything you say is really negative. Because there is one, and if it's not you, like there is someone in your work, there's someone around who you go, that person's actually a bit negative. I'm not going to tell them. I'm not going to open up to them in that way. Anyway, envying. Envying is a desire for oneself, a desire for you. A desire for you. It's taking people down a peg. It's undermining people's achievements. No matter how small that achievement is, envying and that, and that spirit of, de, of a desire for oneself will often undermine someone's achievement and it sets, you, sets yourself up for frustration and for comparison. And comparison is the thief of joy. But the opposite of these things, these are the indicators. We didn't do the opposite of these things. The opposite of conceitedness is humility is forbearance, which is a, a patient tolerance for others, and goodness. It's God's depiction of what is good. The Bible, the word, the, the God's word depiction of what is good and what is not good. That is, that is goodness. It's the fruit of His Spirit. The opposite of provoking is gentleness and kindness and self-control and peace. The opposite of envying is celebration. We need to be people who can celebrate people's achievements, no matter how small they are. Your kid gets, gets a good mark on a maths. Go crazy. Celebration. Let him know. You know, and that stems from a sense of love and joy, the fruit of love and joy that's in your world and also faithfulness. Faithfulness. Faithfulness to take your eyes off of yourself, to put your eyes onto Jesus and to see the bigger picture that the celebration will stem from your faithfulness as you can see God's macro vision for that person's life. We focus on the fruit, and I think that's what our society focuses on. When you've got a self-help book or something, it's about we want to be more loving, right? We want to be more kind. I want to be a kinder person. I want to be a more gentle person. I want to be a, have more self-control. And sometimes our focus can be too much on the fruit, but focus on the fruit actually sets yourself up for failure. Focus on the fruit. Focus on the fruit of the Spirit will set yourself up for failure. But we're called to keep our eyes on Jesus. We're called to fix our eyes on Him. We're called to fix our eyes on Jesus, to continually allow the Holy Spirit to come into the rooms of our heart, to rearrange some junk, to bring in and liberate and bring freedom how only He can, to clean and declutter, and so we can surrender our whole heart to Him. That's where the fruit flourishes, as we are keeping in step with the Holy Spirit, as we choose to fix our eyes on Him and walk with Him, that's where the fruit will flourish in your life, where people can actually recognize you for the, for the fruit that's in your life. When we can be people who authentically keep in step with the Holy Spirit, who we can be people who authentically invite Holy Spirit to what we do and actually genuinely surrender our hearts. God, I give you every part of my heart. I want you to come in, to search me, to give me what only you can give, to tell me what you, I'll take any conviction that you're going to give me. That's where his light can shine in us. That's the people that he's called to his church. 
that's where people can notice the difference in you. That's not just a nice person, but there's something different about that person that radiates Christ's love. That's where God can operate in His fullest and, 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 and give you and unlock that life to the full in your full life and in your family and everything you do. We can bear His love in our workplace for even the most frustrating people if we're choosing to fix our eyes on Jesus, to continually walk in the Spirit and invite Him in. We can be representatives and reflections of Jesus Christ. We need His love and joy to flow in our marriages and in our families. And I love hearing that about this couple over here, that they have so much fun and so much joy. And that is a fruit of the Spirit. That is a fruit. When you get connected to the Holy Spirit and walk with Him, that stuff will come naturally through the way that you're allowing Him to transform you from the inside out. This is God's character that we need alive in us and where His love would compel us to reach out to others with a kindness, a gentleness, and a grace. It's being connected to Him and connected to the foundation of His love for you, connected to the revelation of His love for you, allowing those roots to grow so deep into the very foundation of your character that frees our hearts and flourishes His fruit in us. And it starts with being connected to Him. It it starts with inviting Him into our life. And then starts with getting ourselves right with Him, connecting out those rooms to Him, allowing Him into that space. And if we could... Just close our eyes a moment and just ask the keys to come up. If you feel out of, out of step, like you're connected to Jesus, you've got Jesus in your world, but you feel like there's some rooms of your heart where maybe they're disconnected to Him or you've isolated those things to Him, maybe it's finances, maybe it's frustrations in your marriage, maybe it's frustrations in your workplace, Maybe it's hurt or offense that you've held onto for too long, like a little ace up your sleeve. I really feel like Holy Spirit wants to minister to hearts right now. And if you feel like there's something that you actually need to resolve, that you've put away in a room of your heart for too long, that you want to actually resolve right now, let the Holy Spirit in to bring His life-transforming power, then can you just lift your hands in your chair? Just raise your hands wherever you are. I'm just going to receive right now. Holy Spirit, we just invite you in. We invite you in today. We've been shutting you out for too long, but Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come and dwell in us today. Do what only you can do. Bring your power right now. Lord, we break off bonds of sin. In Jesus' name, we thank you where sin has held people for too long and they're not sure what to do. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are coming into that space right now and you are breaking off sin in power, that you have been set free from sin. Lord, we thank you for your grace melting away frustration. We thank you for your peace, mighty God, right now that transcends all understanding. God, we thank you for bitterness. Bitterness turning its way, bitterness repenting. Lord God, we thank you that bitterness would fall at its knees right now. Lord God, we thank you for humility in Jesus' name. We thank you that you would come and do what only you can do. Breathe fresh air right now, Holy Spirit, into lungs. God, we thank you for such a closeness and an intimacy with you as we choose to live by your Spirit, but to walk by your Spirit. Freedom right now. Freedom right now. Lord, we thank you that, you that you love us. We thank you that you love us. And Lord, we receive that love right now. Lord, no matter what hurt, what bitterness, what stuff is in our room, no matter what we've been collecting, no matter what we've been holding on to, Lord, we allow your love in right now. Come and shift 
Come and bring your life-transforming power. We thank you for a deep, deep revelation right now. And God, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your grace, mighty God. That right now as we receive your grace, we receive your love, your power, your freedom. But Lord, we receive your grace. Lord, we declare that that hurt is no more. God, we declare that 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 sin is no more. Lord, we declare that that pain is no more. Lord, we declare that we are set free by your grace. Lord, we declare that we are new creations in Christ right now by your grace. And so, Lord, we receive it today in every heart. Lord, resolving, resolving in Jesus' name. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more of our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, head to c3hh.com.au forward slash give. 